You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. The Fed Show this week, this is Skip Coriel, your host. And we've got all kinds of good stuff that we want to talk about today. We're going to have Rick Ector from Detroit, Michigan, who's going to teach you how to get laid in Detroit. That's right. You you heard me correctly. Uh, but there's a backstory on that. Uh, don't turn off the radio. It's not what you think it is. We'll just leave it at that for right now. Right now, let's go ahead and let's do some... Uh, some personal stuff here. What have I been doing? Oh, man, I've been up to all kinds of stuff this week. Fall is my busiest time of the year. Um, you know, I do a lot of wood cutting, a lot of wood stacking, wood splitting, um, deer hunting. Oh, man, yesterday was the opening day of gun season um, here in Michigan. And I shot a, oh, a nice-sized doe. Um, she was the only deer I saw all day yesterday. But, hey, you know, she walked up just dumb as can be. It was like, she was like one of those Helen Keller deer, you know, deaf, dumb, and blind. And she just trotted right up uh, 20 yards away, stood broadside, and said, hey, shoot me, take me out of the gene pool. I'm just too darn stupid to live. So I said, okay. And I shot her. She went maybe 100 yards, flopped over dead. I, I just love a good blood trail. And this blood trail was awesome. I mean, uh, you know, Stevie Wonder could have followed this uh, blood trail. So it was fantastic. Um, I got her hauled out of the woods, got it out, hauled out, and she's hanging in my garage right now. And tomorrow, my task is to skin that bad boy out and cut her up and most of most of this deer will go to hamburger uh, my kids are awesome my kids actually understand that meat comes from animals and that an animal has to die before you can eat a hamburger so you know when every time i go out to hunt my little five-year-old amethyst she'll come up she'll hug me and she'll pray and she'll say dear god Please help my dad get more hamburger. We're all out, and we need some more. So I appreciate that. And, uh, you know, it's just awesome to have a family that supports what you do. I mean, how many men can honestly say, yeah, my wife wants me to go out and hunt? Um, it's just awesome, and, and I just love it. As such, this is Wednesday. You all know that this is a pre-recorded show, and I love it that way. It pretty much allows me to record from inside my car or out in the woods in a tree stand, in a boat when I'm fishing, whatever. Uh, very convenient for me and allows me to integrate the show into my lifestyle. What else have we been doing? Let me see. We had to dig up a bunch of potatoes. I think we've got about... Oh, 10 five-gallon buckets full of potatoes, and one of my next tasks is to, to wash the potatoes. I saw this great little tip on YouTube uh, where you take a, a toilet brush. Now, this would be an unused toilet brush, so I, I went to the dollar store. I bought a new toilet brush, and I, I cut off the handle, and I stuck it into my electric drill, right into the chuck there, turned it on full, and I filled up the uh, uh, the, the five-gallon bucket full of water and potatoes. And I stuck that toilet brush in there, and I just let it run for about two minutes. And the, the potatoes, they swirl around. Oh, I couldn't believe how fast and how clean those potatoes got. It just saves hours upon hours of peeling potatoes. Uh, wouldn't that have been great if when I was in the Marine Corps, you know, we'd have had something like that. Wouldn't have had to peel so many uh, potatoes when I got in trouble. Not that I, you know, ever got in trouble. I'm not that kind of guy, but, well, maybe I got in trouble a little bit. But anyways, I got that to do, and then, then we're going to can those uh, potatoes. Um, that's kind of nice. What else do I have to do this week? Oh, yes. 
This Saturday, I have to go to a farm about 20 miles away, and I'm going to hold a concealed carry class, a nine-hour class, in this guy's barn. He's got 50 people, and he wants me to come over there and teach him how to shoot, how to carry concealed, and that should be a, a pretty good time. Usually, those are some of the funnest classes, because you've got 50 people, their friends and their family, they know each other, you know, it's in a pole barn, you know, and there'll, there'll be a John Deere tractor sitting nearby and table set up, and for lunch, they'll have a, a potluck, oh, the food is awesome, I've been to this guy's house before, and the, the classes are just fantastic, I, I love teaching concealed carry classes, I love to teach people how to protect their families, uh, I, I can't believe they pay me for this. I mean, I would do it for free, but don't tell anybody that because, you know, I I need the money. All right, what else can we talk about? Uh, well, let me pull up Drudge here, Drudge Report, see what's going on in the world outside of uh, West Michigan. Oh, I've got good news. America great again. Wow, there's a picture of uh, Donald Trump and Barack Obama. But, you know, the guy just got elected, and already he's, you know, fulfilled a campaign promise. America is great again. He said he was going to do that. Dollar hits 14-year high. Wow. I guess he can just uh, resign and say, hey, I'm done. I I finished. Well, I'm just glad that we uh, dodged that Hillary Clinton bullet. Homeland warns holiday threat. Well... No surprises there. I would think that ISIS and all the other lunatic bad guys are going to be out in force. Um, be careful when you are out shopping. People got to go to the big city to do their shopping. That's where the crime happens. One more good reason to get trained and get armed this holiday season. Hey, give the gift of guns and ammo to everyone you love. And don't forget the training. What else do we have here? Uh, let me see. Here's a picture of Kane. He looks like, uh, the Joker for some reason. Dem's not dead. Well, okay. That's good if you're a Democrat, I guess. What else? Uh, well-organized group of panhandlers secretly driven from mall to mall to beg for cash. Folks, you know, I don't mean to sound cold and callous, but... When you see these panhandlers on the side of the road, be careful of them. Uh, there is a large amount of these panhandlers. They're out there. I mean, it's their job. They, they're out there all day. You know, they claim to be a, a U.S. veteran, and you kind of think, ah, maybe they're not. Um, they're out there getting free money, uh, spending it on drugs. You know, if they want money, get a stinking job. I mean... Okay, so go to McDonald's, go to Taco Bell. They all are hiring help. Get a job. Don't sit on your butt and beg for money. I mean, it's not free money. I had to earn that money I'm by myself. I had to work for my money. You want money? Go get your own money. Okay, maybe I am cold and callous, but that's how I feel about it. Another thing, a lot of these homeless people, they're homeless for a reason. They're addicted to drugs, they're addicted to alcohol, or they made some bad life choices, or maybe they're mentally ill. Um, be careful. Don't assume that you're going to roll down your window, give them a $10 bill, and not, they're not going to stick a gun in your face and demand uh, your wallet. So be careful of that as well. Now, true, some of them, a minority of them, actually have fallen on hard times, but in my experience... A good quality person who falls on hard times, they reach down, they grab their bootstraps, and they pull themselves up. So I'm not advocating coldness and callousness, just some common sense and maybe a little tough love. Uh, what else? Saudi warns Trump on blocking oil imports. War warns us. What are they going to do? Nuke us? I don't think so. We got our own oil. We don't need yours. Hope you drowned in your oil. But that's just me. Denver first to allow pot in bars and restaurants. Colorado, you know, 
you know, God loves you. I love you. But man, you guys are being really stupid here. You, uh, you know, drugs and alcohol, they are not conducive to a productive moral society. Um, you know, you, you take all this marijuana and you're supposed to be running the nuclear power plant and the guys on drugs. I, I'm not sure that's a, a good idea. You might want to rethink that one. I think that social experiment is uh, going to be on the ash heap of history someday. Uh, what, oh, Domino's. Good news, folks. Domino's Pizza, the first world, first in the world to deliver pizza by drone. Well, how do you tip them? Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not sure how that's going to work. We'll have to wait and see. Baltimore, Maryland bans toy guns. You know, that's just one more reason to not live in Maryland. Why would anyone want to live in Maryland? A, a good friend of mine, uh, Ken Blanchard, the Reverend Ken Blanchard, a.k.a. Black Man with a Gun, lives in the D.C. area. And I just, I don't understand why people put up with this crap. They're banning toy guns. They, they got people, you know, being killed every day over there with real guns, so you ban toy guns. You've already banned real guns. That didn't work, so let's double down. Let's, let's take uh, the little cap gun away from Johnny. That will solve crime. You guys are morons. You deserve, uh, you deserve the government you got. Uh, world's fattest man enters hospital for treatment. Well, okay, that's probably a good move. Um, maybe you could stop eating uh, and save us on some hospital bills. You know, I don't, again, I don't mean to sound cold and callous, but I'm starting to convince myself that maybe I am cold and callous. When I see someone who weighs 500 pounds and they can barely walk, I I feel sorry for them. I really do. Uh, you know, because that's got to be a miserable life. And I understand that, you know, when you weigh 500 pounds, it's hard to lose weight. You know, I'm 59 years old. I hurt my back last year, and I couldn't walk or barely stand for 10 months. And I gained 15 pounds during that 10-month period. Then I got the back surgery, and I, and I felt a lot better, and now I'm active again. But here's a newsflash, okay? If you want to lose weight, do it the old-fashioned way. Eat less and exercise more. You can take a fat-burning pill. Um, you can have your, your gut stapled. You can have them go in there and, and suction out all the fat cells with a vacuum cleaner. But you know what? You're just going to gain it back again because you didn't change your lifestyle. There's nothing uh, except the old-fashioned way that's going to work. Eat less, exercise more. It sucks, but that's the reality of it. And you got to be in shape if you want to protect yourself. So, hey, that is that does pertain to personal defense. Okay, folks, we got a great show here. Uh, the next two segments, we are going to have Rick Ector from Detroit, Michigan. Detroit's a tough little town. Detroit is such a tough town, they don't have to use guns. They insert the bullets manually. So chew on that during the break. All right, we're going to let you go for right now. When we come back, Rick Ector, Rick Ector from Detroit. We will be right back. Welcome to my dad's home defense radio show. You're gonna love it. Watchdog is a term given an organization like the United States Justice Foundation, which since 1979 has been watching out and, when necessary, taking the appropriate action from testifying to litigating to protect our constitutional rights. USJF, a nonprofit organization, is nationally recognized not only as a watchdog, but many in the government, as well as those involved in legal cases, have also called the USJF a bulldog for the tenacious approach in their presentation and proof of what is right. Find out more at www.usjf.net. Support USJF as they support you. Did you miss the show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. 
You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. Affordable health insurance was the promise of Obamacare. But for many, the government mandate caused more problems than it solved. This is Dr. Elena George from Medicine on Call. And I want to tell you about a truly affordable alternative allowed under Obamacare, Liberty HealthShare. Liberty HealthShare bypasses doctor and hospital panels, giving you the freedom to choose. And with a maximum of $500 out-of-pocket per person and 100% coverage up to $1 million per year per occurrence, you can rest assured knowing you and your family are protected. Coverage starts as low as $107 per month and also includes dental, vision, pharmacy, and holistic care. Liberty HealthShare puts you back in charge of your health. Visit them online at libertyoncall.org. Again, for a true affordable alternative to Obamacare, visit libertyoncall.org or call toll-free 1-800-714-6993 today. This is AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. Okay, folks, welcome back to the Home Defense Show with Skip Coriel. Um, we have a, uh, uh, a nice uh, man who has agreed to talk to us today. He is from the Motor City, and if you don't know where that is, then uh, you just don't know nothing. Uh, he's from Detroit. We have got Rick Hector from uh, Rick's Firearms Academy in, De- in Detroit City. So, hey, uh, Rick, welcome to the Home Defense Show. Hey, Skip, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be on your show, and I look forward to uh, having this opportunity to reach out to you through your audience. All right, fantastic. Rick, uh, uh, the audience doesn't know you yet, but I'd like to have you on again and again and again and again. So why don't you uh, just take uh, take five, six minutes, tell us about all things Rick Ector. Who the heck are you anyways? Uh, it's not too complicated. I'm uh, just a regular guy. Uh, my story may not be uh, too different from anyone else. Uh, I, I'm a gun rights advocate. I'm a firearms trainer. I've been teaching people how to take on a more active role in their uh, personal protection. I have been doing it for approximately 12 years. I uh, I got into firearms instruction because I had the unfortunate circumstance of being robbed in my own driveway as I was coming home from work uh, in the fall approximately 12 years ago. And in the aftermath of that incident, I had what some would call an epiphany. I thought that I would then take on a more active role in my personal protection in the aftermath. So, you know, I I reported the incident to the police, and uh, they did their investigation. Of course, I haven't heard anything back from them after all these years as to who actually robbed me because I didn't catch them to the best of my knowledge. But I dedicated myself to learning everything that I could about personal protection. Eventually turned to the National Rifle Association and got credentialed to be a firearms trainer. Picked up quite a few certifications to do that. And as I became uh, more vocal in terms of teaching people how to defend themselves, I started to become more politically aware. And I realized that there's this constant battle that's waging to take away dilute and or repeal our right to keep and bear arms. And I started to become more interested in gun rights advocacy. So I uh, created a blog uh, which teaches people how to uh, be responsible firearm owners and how to take on a more active role in their personal protection. And I also additionally focused on gun rights. Uh, the name of that blog is Legally Armed in Detroit, and I've been running that blog for about eight years. And uh, along the way, I've met a lot of people and participated in a lot of activities. Uh, my signature event these days is every year I train as many women as I can uh, bring out to the gun range as possible one day a year. I call it my free uh, ladies shooting event last year, me and 35 other fellow firearms trainers trained 417 ladies how to operate and manipulate and discharge a firearm in one day at a gun range. 
Uh, anytime that there's an event called a left law enforcement firearms training uh, transfer, uh, people usually know them as buybacks, but I really hate that term because I don't think it's very descriptive. Whenever a local municipality here close to Detroit does left, we come out and do a counter demonstration to drive home to the media that that event is, in our opinion, uh, not effective. It's possibly illegal, and it has absolutely nothing to do with uh, reducing violent crime rates. Uh, we do a series of seminars for free to the general public. Uh, Lethal Force Aftermath, I did a open carry seminar a couple of months ago, and uh, I joined forces with a fellow firearms instructor out of Battle Creek a couple of weeks ago, and we put together a video public service announcements on uh, how to conduct yourself during a traffic stop. So hopefully that will be uh, ready for dissemination pretty soon. But uh, anything and everything that has to do with guns, rights, advocacy, I'm really a big proponent of it. And uh, I'm uh, usually in the media, you know, uh, here local to Detroit, uh, checking the program position. So that's a, a little taste of who I am and what I do. That's a good overview. Let's spice it up here a little bit. Uh, if you're going to be on my show, uh, we've got to get a little more exciting here, so get your blood pumping. <laughs> um, you know, we, I remember uh, we were at the Second Amendment March in Lansing a couple years ago, and you handed me this challenge coin, and uh -huh. on the front of it, it said something like, get laid in Detroit. And I yes. said, oh, wow, okay. Uh, my first thought was, I better keep this guy at arm's length here a little bit. He's running a prosecution <laughs> ring or something, but it, it stands for legally armed in Detroit, correct? Right, that is correct. That is the the call sign, the marker, the title of my gun rights advocacy site, legally armed in Detroit, and that that really took off after uh, we got it set up because. Uh, I was looking for something really catchy for my blog. Oh, that catchy, all right. Something <laughs> <laughs> rich you know, and get laid. Oh, boy, that's catchy. Right, right. And, and then when people hear, you know, I want you to get laid, you know, automatically their eyes roll, they, they widen, and they want to hear more. They can't believe that <laughs> they just heard what we just said, so. You know, yeah. And once we tell them it's legally armed in Detroit, you know, they kind of calm down and they, they're almost apologetic for having these, these interesting thoughts that were running through their lives. <laughs> well, let me see. I think you were, I think the first time you and I met, um, in person, was, was it in, uh, uh, Las Vegas at the SHOT Show, um, I don't know, maybe three, four years ago? Um, we met there. Yeah, we, 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 we met out of town. It was either at the SHOT Show or it was at the NRA annual meeting. Yeah, I, I can't remember which, which one it was, but um, you're a pretty good guy, and I like what you're doing over there. And, uh, you know, let's talk a little bit about the differences and uh, between you and I. You know, uh, I remember, you know, we, we took that, photo, I can't remember, at the oh, yeah. or whatever, and there was uh, you and uh, Ken Reverend yeah. Ken Blanchard, black man with a gun, he was on the right, you were on the left, and I was in the middle, and you guys said you, you just made an Oreo sandwich, and I'm getting sure I saw Oreo that either, but yeah. <laughs> yeah well, you know, maybe we should explain this to, to the listeners here, because this is radio. Um, you know, Rick is, Rick is uh, black, and I am white. So it's like, uh, you know, ebony and ivory kind of kind of a deal here. Yeah. Paul McCartney um, and Michael Jackson. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, like Stevie Wonder, I think. Stevie Wonder and uh, Paul McCartney. But uh, okay. anyways, you know, we come from kind of different worlds, you know, because I, I grew up uh, out in the country. I'm a country bumpkin, born and raised out here in southwest Michigan. Uh, I mean, I just came in out of the woods. Uh, literally not 20 minutes ago, uh, dragging a dead body. I've got blood all all over me, and there's a there's I a hope it was a deer. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I know where all the bodies are buried on my property. Right. Um, actually, yeah, it was a deer. It was a nice a nice bill came in, 
about 20 minutes after daylight, and I uh, volunteered her for our uh, family food assistance program. And right. so uh, I got her all gutted out, and uh, as soon as I get off the phone with you, I'm going to be hanging her up and skinning her out. And, you know, so it's got kind of a different kind of a world. I mean, you said that you were you had been robbed in your driveway. Uh, yeah, it's, it's the darnest thing, man. You know, the family guy, it was the, really the most surreal experience I probably had had to date. You know, and it happened in the fall of that year. Um, you know, I just start early, come home from work. And, you know, here locally it's probably dark at 4.30, 4.45. So it might have been sometime after uh, 5 o'clock I put into the driveway. And uh, the driveway I had is one of those old-school driveways. It wasn't, you know, like the automatic where you push a button and it goes up. You know, I had to get out and go into the side door, open that door, and then go to the to the driveway portion and, you know, move these latches and then push the garage door up and then drive in and close the door and then come back out of the uh, side door to the garage. So... You know, I hadn't made that investment in, in the garage door setup, you know, at that mm -hmm. time. And uh, it took a while to, you know, to get out and, you know, park your car in the garage if you're going to park your car in the garage. And, and so I, I took just a little too long. I see my ass coming out of the garage. And as I made it out through the side door, you know, we had a corner lot. You know, two guys, you know, just magically appeared. And I'm looking at them, and I'm thinking, okay, this doesn't look right. And I immediately was thinking, wow, what if this is like a robbery, right? <laughs> and yeah. I don't own a handgun. As this event is unfolding, I'm literally kicking my own behind because I think I'm about to get robbed, and I don't even have a gun, you know. And I could have had one. And the way things are rolling out, you know, I think I could have used it, but so I'm having this surreal experience. These two guys, you know, they're telling me, you know, very harsh, terse words, you know, hey, you know what this is. They sit down and they're waving this gun in my face. And, and it, it, was, it was really funny enough to talk, think about it now because one guy, he was like the he was like the teacher and the other person was like the student, you know. It was like, a, like an internship that was going on, man. He was telling them everything to do because he didn't know what to do. And so, in, in a way, it was funny, and then I'm having this surreal experience going, wow, this is really happening, you know, if I don't back out. And so, as I'm sitting, and he's telling the guy, you know, the, 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 the pupil, you know, to tell him to take his hands and go in my pockets, and he's in my pants, you know, fishing around looking for money or whatever. So, so I came away with my wallet, you know, ID, credit cards, about 40 bucks in cash. It was not a cool event, you know. Yeah. They're telling me, you know, man, look, there's not enough money. We need to go, you know, to the ATM and go get some more money. I just thought that that didn't seem like a good idea, me to go get in the car with two strangers at gunpoint to go to the ATM machine. Because, mm -hmm. you know, I didn't know that I would later, you know, years later be teaching people to never go anywhere with anyone, but, just intuitively, it just seemed like a bad idea. And, uh, I must have been very convincing because they bought it. But they need some <laughs> And they didn't think you know, It's always a plus. Um, let's uh, take a little break, go to some sponsors here. And when we come back, uh, we're going to talk about, well, what did you learn that day and what, what do you do different now these days? And then we'll talk um, some about the black community. And I want to talk about... Uh, African Americans and guns. So we will be right back to Skip Coriel on the Home Defense Show with Rick Hector. We will be right back. My name is Siege Coriel. Welcome to the Home Defense Show with my dad, Skip Coriel. Don't go nowhere. We'll be right back. Who is or what is USJF? It is a nonprofit legal organization founded to protect our rights through the U.S. Constitution. Active in educating the public, USJF has also contributed directly and indirectly to legal defense efforts in many celebrated cases involving fundamental conservative principles. Cases of note include the Mount Soledad Cross case, 
the Arizona immigration law case, the Obama eligibility cases, the NDAA illegal detention issue, and many more. Help this nonprofit as they help you. Visit www.usjf.net today. This is Skip Coriel, host of the Home Defense Show on America's Web Radio. Join me every week for a full hour of all the best and latest information on how you can get the skills and equipment you need to protect the ones that you love. This is Lawyer Liz. Join me each week as we discuss drones, the Internet of Things, and all the technology in between. It's Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz, Wednesdays at 2. This is America's AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. Uh, this is Skip Coriel with the Home Defense Show. We are back with Rick Ector from Rick's Firearms Academy in Detroit, uh, where you can go to Rick and get laid. Uh, that is legally armed in Detroit. That's an acronym. Don't get excited. Rick, uh, welcome back to the Home Defense Show. Hey, thanks for having me back, man. I'm having a lot of fun. All right, good. Okay, Rick, you know, you just got done telling us your, your story, and it's a fascinating story. Um, why, why don't you go ahead? I mean, you did the best that you could with what you knew how to do. I mean, because you were mm-hmm. basically, you were green in the, in the personal defense arena, didn't have a whole lot of training. Um, now, in retrospect, how would you have, how would that have handled going down today if someone robbed you in your garage today? How would you how would you do it differently? Well, first and foremost, you know, in the aftermath of having been robbed, I firmly resolute in my willingness to actually defend myself, and that's one of those things that, as a firearms trainer, you really want to drill home. You know, are you really willing to do that? And uh, having stared down the barrel of a firearm, I am resolved that I'm 100% committed to actually doing that. I would actually have a firearm in my possession at all times wherever I'm legally able to do so, and it would be accessible where I could quickly and easily retrieve it. You know, the question that whenever I shared uh, my story with people is, do you think you would have used it? That seems to be the most popular question. And two, would you have had enough opportunity uh, to actually draw that gun and actually use it? And I say yes on both counts. And uh, having the willingness and the ability to me, foremost is the two most important considerations. The third one is where we're talking about awareness. I was, I think in retrospect, I was as aware as, aware as I could have been, uh, even though I wasn't actively seeking out danger. I was aware of the fact that it was after dark, and I was looking around, and you know what? I did see the guy standing there, you know, one guy holding the actual firearm, making these outrageous demands of me, but uh, awareness, willingness, and uh, ability, I would say, would be the three biggest concerns that uh, would need to be addressed when someone is looking to take on a more active role in their personal protection. Of course, you know, knowing what I know now, I would make sure that I go to a gun range or if I live out of the west side of the state, you know, a place appropriate for practicing your shooting, your training, and your marksmanship. Extremely important. Uh, now also, and I'm glad I just remembered this, one thing that I wasn't really big on that I'm a huge fan of now is for anyone who is so emboldened to carry a firearm for personal protection, they should also think through how they're going to actually handle the aftermath. If they are forced to shoot someone, will they have an attorney that they can reach out to and call? Do they know how to handle a police officer who's there who arrives on the scene and you're armed? Uh, how to address that? How to handle that if if you're arrested and you're waiting bail and bail is high, how do you resolve, you know, making bail? Uh, do you even know a criminal defense attorney with relevant experience and, and a good track record for representing defendants very well? And so 
Whatever plan people are looking at, I would strongly recommend that they find a plan that works for them, a financial legal plan. It's huge. Uh, I'm routinely doing seminars with people who were put in that exact situation. I'm on my fourth iteration of what I call lethal force aftermath seminars, and this is where I bring in people who were actually forced to use their gun in self-defense and they get to tell their own firsthand stories as to how it went and what the lessons learned and what they wish they had known and and thank God that they survived because they had a gun. So uh, those are the most key critical issues to have going for you. There's been a couple of high publicized shootings here in Detroit where individuals protecting themselves at home and in their business, and now all of a sudden they're facing criminal prosecution and and if you don't happen to have anywhere between twenty-five to forty thousand dollars for representation, you're really setting yourself up to be railroaded and convicted. So that's my latest cause uh, of, of 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 existing. Not only teaching people to get a gun, get a concealed pistol license, train, but to also get some legal representation. Yeah. Well, you know, over here uh, on the west side of the state, where, where I'm teaching. You know, my students, they tend to be more afraid of the criminal justice system than they are of, of the man holding the gun trying to kill him. Do you, do you run across some hesitancy over there in, in Detroit as well or not? Yeah, there's some hesitancy because they're like, okay, well, all these people are getting prosecuted. You know, wow, I'd rather not just carry a gun. And I'm like, no, I'd rather have a gun, use it to defend myself and take my chances with the legal system. Now, when I say take my chances with the legal system, I'm not going to let it uh, let events just unfold without some proactive preparation. You know, when you're talking about defending yourself, there's, there's a couple of things involved here. One is actually surviving the actual encounter, and two right. is actually defending yourself from the legal system. So it's it's a part of the whole personal protection aspect that you need to equally prepare for, and you need to have some type of apparatus, some type of system set up where you know that you're going to be adequately represented and have your case uh, thoroughly prepared and, and to provide a means of protecting yourself from going to prison. So it's, in my mind, it is as equally important as surviving the encounter, equally important that you uh, have a plan for not only surviving the actual incident, the, the rape attempt, the robbery attempt, the carjacking attempt, and the home invasion uh, attempt, that you have a means of protecting yourself legally. And that's having some type of apparatus or firearm protection plan where in your worst moment you're not worried about the, the criminal justice system or the county prosecutor as much as you're worried about the violent criminal that's assaulting you. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's talk, uh, we'll uh, segue a little bit. Um, you know, I'm over here on the west side. You know, my demographics, my, my typical student um, is going to be somewhere between, you know, 21 uh, and 85, and uh, I maybe have uh, one black student in my class every three or four months, so hardly any African-Americans in, in my classes at all, um, uh -huh. but I'm thinking it might be a little different from, from, for you over in Detroit. Uh, what are your classes like, and what is Detroit like right now? I, you know, I hear on the news how run down it is, and uh, what's it like over there? Well, for those of you who have had your, your nightly telecast interrupted by some of the most heinous imaginable crimes possible. Yeah, they do still happen here in Detroit. Uh, they don't happen constantly, but uh, it's pretty bad here. It's, crime is, is a serious problem. I will say that our local police department with the chief that we have is doing the best with the resources they have. And I, I honestly believe that uh, when you compare our police department based on the numbers or the lack of numbers that they have, they do more with less. However, here... You know, and I'm not, you know, embellishing, but uh, anything can happen at any time, at any place here in Detroit. And you, 
you know, you do your best to just live your life and, and carry out your, your day-to-day plans and activities, but you do realize that something can happen at any moment. Uh, with regards to uh, the demographics of my classes, you know, I, uh, I see everyone. I see young people. I see young people who aren't even old enough to get a concealed carry license who are 18 but just want to get started with uh, gun ownership and uh, open carry. You know, there's a great interest of that here in the city of Detroit to do that. Of course, you know, you've got the 21-year-olds who are just now legally able statutorily to get the licenses, and I'm getting a lot of seniors and I'm getting a lot of women. And as a matter of fact, not only am I getting a lot of black people, but I'm getting a lot of Latino people, Asian people, white people. It's everybody. And uh, it's, it's a definite concern. One of the things that I do like that I'm really proud of is the fact that there are usually a number of valid, lawful self-defense cases that actually come out of Detroit, and people now have empirical, real-life evidence and data that says that it is possible to defend yourself with a gun that you're carrying and come away unscathed and actually scare off or put down a, a violent madman who's trying to violently assault you and attack you. So, uh, the proof is in the pudding. Uh, usually Detroit is amongst uh, the highest areas in the country in which a significant number of valid self-defense cases with a firearm is uh, it actually occurs, and uh, it's encouraging, and people are realizing that they need to take on a more active role in their personal protection. And one of the great things that I guess the timing of our interview today is that we're rapidly approaching the, the annual holiday robbing season, that period of time from uh, right around when the, the major department stores and, and vendors and, and retailers are offering, you know, really good deals on uh, Christmas shopping. It usually happens like right around this time of the year, maybe in about a week or so as we get close to Thanksgiving all the way through Christmas. You know, people are carrying a lot of packages. They're taking their sweet time getting to their cars. They're distracted, they're full of the, the Yuletide season, you know, happy thoughts, and they're not paying attention, and their level of awareness is at an all-time low, and a lot of them are carrying a lot of cash on their person. And uh, okay. this is actually the part of the year in which armed robbery spikes. So it, it's really lucky that we're having this conversation on your show today at this time of the year because, People need to really realize that this is truly the most dangerous time of the year. Yeah, okay. Rick, uh, we're about out of time for this segment here, um, but why don't you just take about 20 seconds or so and tell us how we can get a hold of uh, Rick Hector and Legally Armed in Detroit. What, what's your website, Facebook, all that, all that good contact info? All that good stuff. My website is at DetroitCCW.com. My gun rights advocacy site, as we talked about before, is legallyarmedindetroit.com. I'm on most popular social media platforms. Uh, my handle is usually Detroit CCW. You can go out to YouTube and see over 1,900 originally produced video clips on my channel over at YouTube. I'm on Twitter at Detroit CCW. I'm on Instagram, Detroit CCW. I'm on LinkedIn, Rick Hector. I'm all over the place. Uh, in worst-case scenario, just Google my name, Rick, R-I-C-K, last name, Hector, E-C-T-O-R. All right, fantastic, Rick. Rick, it's an honor to have you on the show. Uh, as always, you and I, we need to get together. We need to, East and West needs to, to join a little bit. You and I need to do something together, maybe a, a, a class or a fundraiser. Something like that, because I, you know, we're both good instructors and we're good people. I'd like to uh, come together a little bit and do some more stuff. So, thank you so much for everything, Rick. Appreciate having you on the show, and we will have you again. Thank you for having me on the show, and I look forward to getting involved with you personally on a joint project. There's some great things I know that we can do. Awesome. All right, this is Skip Coyer with the Home Defense Show. Don't go anywhere. We will be right back. This is Phoenix Coyle. Welcome to the Home Defense Show with Skip Coyle.
He's my dad. When four members of Congress all die within four months, each of their deaths appears to be from natural causes. But when mysterious messages begin to appear in the form of quotations from long-dead revolutionary heroes, one reporter sets out to prove the existence of a serial killer. His search discovers dark secrets and an assassin shielded by people who need the very services that only he can provide. The Sun Silas Rising, a novel by Doug Dahlgren. On Kindle or paperback through Amazon.com. The United States Justice Foundation, since 1979, has been dedicated to instructing, informing, and educating the public on legal issues confronting America. That means you and me. When necessary, this nonprofit organization has had to litigate to present the constitutional view. Since 1980, USJF has submitted testimony to the U.S. Senate on all but one U.S. Supreme Court nominee. Learn more about USJF by visiting their website at www.usjf.net. Support this nonprofit as it defends our rights, our liberty, and our Constitution. This is AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. Welcome back to the home defense. So was my dad Skip. He's my dad. Okay, folks, welcome back. Uh, that little intro there, that was my son, Phoenix. Um, I tell you, Bob Dylan's got nothing on him. He is just awesome with a harmonica, and I'm sure he has a, a great musical future ahead of him. Or not. But hey, wasn't uh, Rick Hector was was pretty good uh, hometown guy from the Motor City, Detroit, telling us about his uh, harrowing experience on the streets of Detroit. It's a tough neighborhood, and it's getting tougher every day. Uh, you know, one of the reasons I, I wanted to have Rick on there because probably the majority of my listeners are white people. And one of the things that white people don't understand is what it's like to be a black person. Um, I can say that I certainly don't know. I'm a white person. I live out in the country, and my world is worlds away from Rick Ector's. He's in the city. He faces crime every single day. Um, my life, it's, it's not like that. You know, I when I'm facing crime, it's probably when I drive into Grand Rapids or Kalamazoo. Yes, America, there is a Kalamazoo. It's a real place. Um, you know, that's where, where the crime happens because that's where the people are. And uh, one of the things that I, I want is I just wanted you to get a taste of what it's like to be in the inner city. And uh, God bless Rick Ector, that's where he lives, that's where he teaches. He had a bad thing happen to him, and he took lemons and he made lemonade, and now he makes his living uh, teaching concealed carry uh, to the Detroit community. And I know, you know, from a fact that uh, Rick is an excellent concealed carry instructor. Uh, he's a good speaker. Um, hey, he can read, he can write, his knuckles don't drag on the ground when he walks, and I tell you, hey, in my family, that makes you the pick of the litter. So I am all about Rick Hector. I, I, I promote him. Um, I think he's uh, a great instructor, and if you're ever in Detroit or in Detroit area, check out Rick's Firearm Academy. Um, go to his Facebook page, website, all that good stuff, and find out what Rick's doing because he's a, a good guy to support. But, uh, you know, it's very timely. It's very newsworthy right now. I mean, let's just be butt ugly honest here. You know, one, one white guy to another, all right? It's not politically correct to be a white person right now. We are not one of the politically protected classes of people. You know, in this politically correct society that we have right now, you know, it, one of the worst things to be is is a white middle-aged male. Um, you're, there's not a whole lot of protection for you. Um, you know, I touched on this just a little bit last week, but um, we get accused of being of being racist 
you, you're not supposed to talk about the black community. Uh, even if you're well-intentioned, you're just not supposed to talk about it. Um, I'm just not into censorship or political correctness. Um, you know, last night I was uh, at my church, and this is a this is a new church, and we we became members there, and we had to be interviewed, you know, by the the board of elders, right? And uh, you know, one of the questions they they asked us all is, you know, did you feel that the church was friendly enough? You know, uh, were you approached by the other members? Were you treated well? And you know, everyone else is talking about, you know, how nice and warm and fuzzy and cozy it was. And, you know, when someone asks me a question, I assume they want the truth, uh, you know, i.e. exactly what I'm thinking. And uh, some, apparently, that must be a flaw. Um, because I said, well, you know, I think the only problem with you guys, you're just too darn friendly. I mean, uh, you know, I walk in the door, I, you know, I get mobbed and... You know, people are, you know, sucking up to me and, oh, how was your week? You know, let's talk about it. And, you know, I just want to be left alone. Um, and the pastor just thought that was the greatest thing since uh, sliced bread. So he come up to me, oh, I just love the way you're so honest all the time. Um, some people call it honesty. Some people call it bluntness. Uh, you know, others would call it rudeness. Um, but, you know, I think it's time for America especially when it comes, you know, to race, we need to have a frank discussion um, about it because we're different. Black people live different lives than white people. And I know I'm not supposed to call them black people. I'm supposed to call them African-Americans. Well, screw that. You know, they're black. I'm white. There's nothing wrong with that, folks. Say what's on your mind. Get to know black people. I know a lot of black people, and they are just awesome. Now, granted, I have to go out of town to find them, you know, because I'm here in southwest Michigan, and, you know, over here, you can't swing a stick without, you know, hitting a, a tall, you know, blonde-haired Dutch guy in the head, you know, because we're just infested with Dutch people over here, Dutch farmers, um, and nothing wrong with that. I, I love them, too. But... You know, you go into the big city, you're going to see black folks. You know, one of the things that separates us is ignorance. You know, you, you watch the news, you look at the stats. Statistically, if you look at just the stats, 80% of all murders are committed by, uh, you guessed it, black people. Um, and if you just take that at face value... You'd, you'd go to Grand Rapids, Detroit, San Francisco, Los Angeles, wherever, and you'd be terrified of black people. Well, it's more, there's more to it than that. You know, they're not murdering people because they're black. Okay, you know, you know, murder, mayhem, violence is not the defining characteristic of the African-American culture. That, that's not the way it is. Um, it's the inner city. It's poverty. Uh, it's drugs. You know, it's the breakdown in uh, the black community, the family structure. I mean, it's it doesn't ha take a, a sociologist or a rocket scientist to figure out that, you know, if if two thirds or three quarters of uh, the the black children are raised in a single parent home in a drug infested. Um, apartment complex they're they're going to have problems you know and they're going to the odds are against them quite frankly you know and, and i've always wondered why don't they just get out of there i mean can't they just move to the country we got plenty of space out here you know maybe white people should sponsor black families say okay hey Get out of Washington, D.C. It's a cesspool. It, it's filled with politicians. You don't want to live there. Um, you know, come on out here to, uh, you know, East Kumquat, Iowa, or East Cupcake, uh, Nebraska, and uh, settle down here. You know, we'll sponsor you. We'll get you a job at the feed mill. And, uh, you know, you can learn a trade. Maybe I'm stupid. I don't know. Maybe I'm just pie-in-the-sky idealist. But 
the races, you know, need to come together. Are they? Probably not. You know, in my classes, I advocate profiling. And uh, don't turn off the radio. Let me understand. Uh, Let me explain it to you so you understand what I'm talking about. I profile the way the Israelis profile. Israelis, uh, they are surrounded by terrorists. They're They're surrounded by Islamic people who hate their guts and want them to die. So they've got to be very good and very ardent and serious about their security. So what they do is they will profile. And profiling, it's not racial profiling. Okay, that's something that's racist. It's like, okay, you're a black person, so you must be a bad guy, so I'm going to watch you. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is when you see someone, doesn't look quite right, Um, you know, it's 90 degrees and they're wearing a trench coat, that's a potential problem right there. What are they hiding? Or someone is staring at you, or they keep checking you out, or they're following you, or you're in the parking lot and they change directions to come towards you. Uh, They look nervous. Their eyes are darting back and forth. They're sweating in November. You know, all of those things... Um, just unusual behavior, you need to profile using those things because that transcends race, has nothing to do with race whatsoever. Um, and it's, uh, you know, because quite frankly, I mean, you, you, you might be murdered by a black guy. You might be murdered by a white guy. You might be murdered by, you know, uh, a Jewish guy or, or a Chinese guy. Who cares? You know, you don't want to be murdered by anybody. So you watch everybody, but you look for those specific things. Okay, I've already labeled myself a racist. You know, probably Stephen Colbert or Bill Maher would get a hold of this clip, and uh, they'll be crucifying me, but that's fine. Uh, play the whole clip and uh, promote my books for me, okay? Because uh, even bad PR is good PR uh, when it comes to book sales. But, hey, you know, a shameless personal plug. All of this is in my book, Civilian Combat, the Concealed Carry book. Buy that book on Amazon. Um, It's a pretty good read or so people tell me. Um, I wrote that in the cemetery of my hometown, Oak Hill Cemetery, up on top of the hill there, overlooking the teeny little tiny hamlet of Orangeville. Yes, Orangeville. We have uh, three stop signs. One, two. We have three stop signs. we got a tavern. Uh, we have a, a gas station, general store, the fire barn. I think we even have a hair salon there, although I've never been there. But, uh, you know, nice little town. But buy the book, Civilian Combat, on Amazon.com. Um, or if you want an autographed copy, you can go to uh, my website for Midwest Tactical Training, MWTAC.com. That's Michael Whiskey Tango Alpha Charlie.com for you military types. And if you are a military type, God bless you. Thank you for your service. Um, what else do we have here? We've got like a, a minute left in the show. So we should probably talk about what are we going to do next week? That's a good question. Um, why don't you guys uh, give me uh, give me a shout out? Send me a uh, email at skipcoriel at hotmail dot com. That's skipcoriel at hotmail dot com. Share with me the things that you want to learn about, the things you want to hear about on this show. If you know someone who's really who might be an expert at home defense or a related topic, let me know. Um, Just send me that email uh, along with contact information, and I will do my best to get that person on the show and just keep making this a better and better show. Obviously, if no one listens to the show, it ain't going to last very long. And people aren't going to listen if I'm not talking about the things that are important to them. So give me a shout-out, skipcoriel at hotmail.com. If you have complaints... Uh, that I'm a racist, bigoted, homophobe, or anything like that, uh, there is a, a special place for that. Go to, uh, just call me at 1-800-BITE-ME. 
um, or go to the website, you know, uh, biteme.com. That'll work too. Um, but regardless, let me know any constructive criticism or suggestions. Um, for now, it's about time for me to sign off. Rick Hector was fantastic. Rick's Firearms Academy in Detroit. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.